Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. That kid is back on the escalator again. Ain't gonna hurt. Is my boomstick. Game over, man. Game over. Welcome to the Bargain Bin. He's your host, Ben Mason. And he is your co-host, Sandra Luketic. And today we're talking 2014's Zombievers. We assume if you're listening to this episode, you have already seen the movie. And I know we have both seen this movie because we watched it together. I forced you into it. Now I've made you... you don't necessarily know you've seen it before. You know I've seen it, but uh, maybe you didn't. Maybe I was just present and not watching. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've seen this movie numerous times. I know for a fact now you've seen it at least twice. Correct. Yes. What did you know about it when I first made you watch it? Oh, dude, don't don't make me try and remember stuff. Um, <laughs> I know it was years ago, but still. <laughs> it was. How long ago was that now? Must have been half a dozen years. Yeah, five or six around that. <laughs> what do you want me to remember about a movie <laughs> with zombie beavers in it? Like, there was zombie beavers. That's, that's what I remember. About it. There's so much to remember about this one. Um, sure, sure. Go with that. Yeah, it was, it was put together with like editing old footage from movies and like BBC nature shows into a trailer, and they used that as a, a like a, a pitch for the movie, and people just ate it up. So it ended up becoming a legit film. Well, quote unquote legit. It it made it to a few theaters and is on home media. It's still a legit movie. Yeah, yeah. I think I yes. We I think we have to use the term movie here and not film. Like I distinguish <laughs> between the two. Come on, man. Well, no, it's it's kind of like what Jason says from uh, "Hey, did you see this one?" Uh, it's a film until there's a car chase or like an explosion or action scene. Then it becomes a movie. This is no real artistic integrity. It's just fun for the sake of fun. And I'm okay with that. It's called Zombievers. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> yeah, if you go into this movie expecting anything different, then <laughs> I, you, you can't be helped at that point. Like, it's called Zombievers, like you said. That There's no questions about what it's about. Yeah, if you look at the cover art or the poster art for this movie, don't expect more than that. Is that the red silhouetted one? Oh, there's another one? Oh, shit, no. I'm, oh, the I'm just one... thinking of the cover that they have on uh, Tubi, where you can watch this movie for free if you haven't already. No, I'm talking about the official release, where it's the girls on the raft, and then underneath you see the zombievers, with a great quote of, they'll damn you to hell. Oh, man, some of the beaver jokes in this. <laughs> Even me. <laughs> they're, they're fine. They're fucking fine. It's a fun uh, time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyways, but, should we play a game? Yep. Now, All right. I don't make an effort to look up cast and go back. and I, I'm doing this just from memory. And I've failed at it since you started doing this game. But I want to say... There's only one person in this movie that we've encountered previously. Okay. Is that accurate? I have no comment. Okay. Rex Lynn. Who is? Smith. 
in this movie. Okay. Uh, I kicked myself last week when you re- made me remember that I, I completely overlooked Abominable for Lance Henriksen. And I remember mm-hmm. him being in that movie. So Rex in Abominable. He was? He wasn't? I must have missed that. I'm pretty sure he was, yeah. Oh, well, then in that case, uh, you're right, I guess. Okay. So there's somebody else I missed? No. <laughs> oh, you thought there's another another scenario where there were no previous uh, appearances? Correct. And I wow. just wanted to keep you going for a little bit. Wow. I quizzed <laughs> the quiz master and won. Done. Did, did you, though? Yes. Yeah, you're right. He was Farmer Haas in Abominable. So clearly, I messed up doing the research. And in that case, there might be more. No, no. Just the one. Okay. All right. We'll go with just the one. All right. So let's jump right in here. You're not going to take a minute to uh, relish the clear victory that you had for this one? No, because I'm I'm not like you. <laughs> oh! I'm not going to rub your face in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the film, Sandro. Yes. It opens with a medical research truck hauling toxic chemicals and driving down a country road. Right off the bat, who are the two guys driving the truck or in the front seat of the truck? Bill Burr, yes. who we are both fans of. Mm-hmm. And what I had to be told the first time we were watching this was John Mayer because yeah. I did not recognize him. I still don't. <laughs> I, I I know it's him and I'm looking at him like that's not him. When I first saw his name in the credits, I'm like, oh, there's an actor also named John Mayer. That's cool. <laughs> I, I look up the credits like, oh, that was that John Mayer guy. Interesting. And I look into some trivia way back when I'm like, holy shit, that's actually John Mayer. I'm actually curious how they got these two to do this. Were they just like friends of people that were behind the production or something? Um. Well, I think Burr auditioned or they like he and the director had crossed paths somewhere down the road. I know the director and John Mayer are friends. Okay. So he just put up the call and uh, <laughs> there's a, a funny uh, interview with Bill Burr about the two of them being cast. And he's like, yeah, it's great. Like John Mayer, John Zary did a great job. Uh, he uh, he's got this weird knack where he went in not really knowing what was going on and they told him to try this line and gave him the scene and he did it once and then they decided to film another time and it was perfect. And meanwhile, I spent tens of thousands of dollars getting to this point, going through auditions and acting school and <laughs> John gets a phone call and nails it in two takes. But they work so well together. I can't believe it. The chemistry is amazing. Oh, it's so good. I actually think these two are fantastic it it also it really benefits the scene that the conversations they're having are so insane they're just <laughs> ridiculously over the top like bill burr talking about how he dated a guy once he said it was one of the easiest weeks of his life except for the sex like have a beer yeah have a beer watch the game blah 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 and it's followed up immediately by uh john mayer saying my friend told me i can't shit in his house anymore yeah you should shit on his table. Yeah, I, I, I did. I did shit on his table. <laughs> what? But, no, but no. Burr's reaction is like, "Oh man, isn't that the fucking worst?" I mean, that's what they're built for. But uh, Bill Burr, distracted by his phone, 
hits a deer, which sends the truck veering and jostling a barrel of chemicals off the truck and into a river. Not even just distracted by his phone, but John Mayer tells him, hey, you you see that deer? And he's like, yeah, I see it. Don't worry. (laughs) Drives right into it. He's like, the confession of all confessions. Yeah, maybe I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't see the deer. Obviously. (laughs) And like John getting out of the truck and looking at the front. And there's just gore everywhere. And he comes back. He's like, yeah, I don't think he's going to make it. <laughs> no. And then as traumatized as he is, Bill Burr's just like, oh, up and over. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> don't even care. <laughs> it's a great start to the movie. And I'm okay with the fact that, spoiler, we don't see these guys again until the ending. Um, I, I wish the first time I had watched it, like, as I was watching it, I had wished that they would reappear throughout the film and be like recurring characters, but I don't think the movie needs it. And I think that might've overdone it. I think what I would have loved is to see these two become like the Jay and silent Bob for this film director. And they just show up in a bunch of his movies in these cameo roles. That would be really cool. I was also thinking it'd be neat to see them in like a Tucker and Dale scenario. Oh, that would be so good. Yeah. Give them their own film. I don't know what it would be or what scenario you would put them in, but I think it could be very entertaining. Mm. But we cut to the, uh, the credit sequence where we follow the barrel down a river uh, while we're treated to like an overlay, I guess of Scooby-Doo esque animation. I guess I should also point out that if you didn't know by the title of the movie, what you were in for, this origin story should give you a good idea of what you are in for. Yeah. Because, of course, the barrel is punctured and uh, affects local beaver population. But, <laughs> they don't even try to explain what it is. It's just no. like, it's a barrel that fell off a truck with like green goo in it. That's all you need to know. Caution labels and yeah. warnings and biohazard signs. They didn't try to put it into their conversation with Bill Burr and John Mayer or anything about what they're hauling or anything. Just, nope. You see what's happening. You've seen enough of these movies. You know exactly what this is supposed to be. We are not wasting time on it. Yeah, and you don't need to know more. No. But um, it's uh, also apparently an homage to the the beginning of Return of the Living Dead where we follow the uh, green gas. I don't know if you remember that at all, but it is very similar. I don't think I've seen the movie. Yes, you have. I'm pretty sure I haven't. All right. Well, I'm going to make you rewatch it, and then we'll do Return of the Living Dead 2. Well, why would we do two if I haven't seen one? Because you have seen one, motherfucker. You don't know that. Yes, I do. I can hear you trying not to laugh. <laughs> it's not my fault I haven't seen it, all right? The Give me a one- break. Funny thing about this is they actually lost one of the barrels. They had to shoot this twice because they lost one. <laughs> and uh, it became a huge problem for them down the road because local government found it and thought it was real. Oh, come on. But they had they had the uh, the production phone number on the barrel just as like a joke to make it look official. Like you'd have like if found contact, blah, blah, blah. And they contacted them and were seriously threatening major lawsuits because they thought it was uh, uh, components for a WMD. 
Of course. Legitimately. And the <laughs> one producer, or the, I forget if it's the producer or the director, was like, obviously that's the first thing they saw and stopped reading. Because if you read the label, it causes, <laughs> it lists all of the health warnings and then says at the bottom, only applicable to beavers. <laughs> anyway, cut to Jen, played by uh, Lexi Atkins, crying in a gas station bathroom. Because that's that's the uplifting start you want to your movie. We just had an uplifting start. <laughs> Text conversation with a recent ex-boyfriend, who we later find out cheated on her. Uh, and then we get a creepy cameo by the director. Oh, yeah. Creepy is right. Yeah. But Jen gets into the car with the uh, other two girls. Mary, played by Rachel Melvin, and Zoe, played by Courtney Palm. And Zoe's Jack Russell Terrier, Bosley, who is one of the most adorable dogs I've ever seen. The plan, the plot, I should say, even. Uh, the girls are spending uh, the weekend at a remote cabin as a way for Jen to deal with the breakup. Should we say now that they're making it out that Jen is the main protagonist and final girl of the movie? Um, if that's what you feel, sure. I, I never really got that. Oh. But I, I do see that switch happen with other characters. So I never I never really thought about it that way. But yeah, they do put the focus on her for our main trio. Uh, even the main plot line that's outside of the Beavers is revolving around her being cheated on, at least this early in the movie. This early for sure, yeah. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on these three so far? Um, minimal thoughts at this point. I mean, we're being introduced to young, attractive college girls off to a cottage. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, they're not going to be alone there. Yeah. Um, but unnecessary, really. I mean, it's, it's pretty much has to be there for these movies so that you have something as like a skeleton of a plot line. But well, I think it does give us a bit of character to each of them. Which is welcomed because you've got Jen, who we know is upset about a recent breakup. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, doesn't doesn't really say that much at the beginning. Um, we have Mary, who seems like I would almost say the leader of the group, but she also seems very meek and mild. So it's it that's that's just a weird character altogether. I took her as like the responsible one. That's yeah. oh, you should be studying, and no, oh, you need to get away from boys. Like. Is it because no. she was wearing glasses? But yeah, of course. Nerds okay. wear glasses. Duh. And then we have Zoe, who is the party girl, I would say. I don't think they tried to hide that at all. No, but annoyingly so. So annoying. <laughs> I'm glad you said it this early. This woman... I should say this character, because the performance is fine, but the character, it's like, just stop... Yeah. talking it's just very overdone so overdone um, look at me sex 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 shut up no that's fine i i'm i'm with her on this one but uh thoughts on the music that mary puts on is that music well that's kind of an in joke because the director reached out to uh to simon rex the actor who most people know is uh, dirt nasty um and asked him for the worst beat he had ever made <laughs> so he could put it in this movie. And he's like, uh, okay, here it is. And yeah, it is probably the worst music I've ever heard in my life. Ever. 
So we cut to a boy fishing, and it does not go well. Poor kid. Eh, whatever. He's just trying to fish, man. What's wrong with that? You don't want to eat fish that comes out of beaver water. No. No. (laughs) I don't want to get killed by beavers (laughs) in that water either. (laughs) So the girls arrive at the cabin, blah, 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 and we get an amazing intro to the neighbor lady, Mrs. Gregerson. Uh, This is Phyllis Katz. Is it impossible not to love Mrs. Gregerson? Oh, she's fantastic. I love it when when she turns to, I'm not even going to pretend to know their names, glasses. I've got that. That's a quote I want you to put in here. I I think it really sums up the character perfectly. But before we get to that, I just want to bring up that she's one of the founding members of the Groundlings. Do you know who the Groundlings are? You know I don't. Uh, no, I don't. So I'm fucking asking you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Improv sketch theater troupe. Okay. Some of the alumni being Jennifer Coolidge, uh, basically the entire like 90s cast and 2000s cast of SNL, like Will Ferrell, Will Forte, Anna Gasteyer, Phil Hartman, Chris Catan, Lisa Kudrow, Phil Lamar, John Lovitz, Melissa McCarthy, Pat Morita himself, uh, Sherry O'Terry, Chris Parnell, Cassandra Peterson, who most people know as Elvira. Same with Paul Rubens, who everyone knows as Pee Wee Herman. Maya Rudolph, Kristen Wiig, and so many more. They even had like a weekend troupe that had people like J.J. Abrams in it. It's insane and really led to the creation of SCTV. That is Um, one heck of a roster. Right? Wow. A lot of people don't know they exist, and that's really unfortunate. Because if you can find some of the sketches they did, it was mainly improvised stuff. It's so good. And why I brought that up? is because the scene that you wanted to talk about where she turns to Mary to talk about her daughter, mm-hmm. which we'll play right now. Oh, it's okay, Mary. My daughter's a total fucking bitch, too. A real whore. Sometimes she brings people home, I don't even know what sex they are. And I'm not saying anything negative about them. I'm a very, very liberal woman. But my daughter is a real piece of work and not that attractive. Well, if you girls need anything, you know where to find us. Winston, I'd love to have you over for breakfast. That is all improv. Really? All improv. Oh. And it is one of the funniest parts of the film. I just like that she essentially called Zoe a bitch. Yeah. Like, like, (laughs) backhandedly talking to Mary about it. Yeah. It's great. At the same time, Zoe was trying to make it like pass it like she doesn't know what I'm talking about. I'm using code. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm so clever. And it's just like, no, I know what you're saying and you're just a bitch. Yeah. But nobody knew she was going to do that line. So everyone on set thought it was one of the funniest things they heard. And if you look closely, you can see those three girls struggling not to burst out laughing. And they just left it in the film. Good. Yeah, it's great. Um, Jen goes to the bathroom to text Sam, her boyfriend, but uh, freaks out when she realizes there's no service. So this made me think, do you think, Sandro, <laughs> that Mary <Not> usually <laughs> that Mary planned this trip knowing there was no service so she could handle what happened in her own way? Uh... I didn't think that deeply about it, but that sounds like a good plan, yeah. Yeah, 
you can it's girls only weekend no guys and no cell service i'm somehow gonna have to explain to her what happened correct yeah i i thought the same thing uh 10 seconds after you said it <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> great minds think alike so zoe also freaks out about there being no service uh which I am very happy about because it means no more dick pics from Buck. But I do love that she doesn't even try to hide it. Yeah. She's no. like, yeah, well, how am I supposed to use my phone behind your back then? <laughs> See, I do like this character. She is overwhelming at times, but really entertaining, I think. <laughs> I know. I know you disagree. That's fine. We're allowed to do that, you know. Did you know, Sandro? that we're, we can think different things on this show? I thought the exact same thing. God damn it. <laughs> That's good. That was really good. I didn't expect that. Um, but Mary, Mary's response to them both complaining about no cell service is that there's a landline. And we get the best reaction. I think it's from Zoe. There's a pause and just, a what? Because those don't exist in homes anymore, really. And I not really in 2014. It's a good response to the inquiry of like, what if there's an emergency? Right. Yes. I didn't think about that. Very good call. So cut to the swimming. Uh, and by swimming, I mean topless Zoe. And she's topless a lot in this in the next few minutes of this movie. Um, mm -hmm. We do get that kid's hat floating in the background. I thought that was a nice touch. Not really an add-on because I actually guess they do zoom in on it. But, uh, of course, the girls have to notice the beaver dam because the movie's about beavers. So, kind of have to. But they're eventually spooked by a bear. And I find it weird that this is the point where Zoe decides to cover up. Well, yeah, you don't want to give the bear any wrong ideas. <laughs> Apparently, they actually filmed way too much of her topless. Uh, the director is saying he, uh, during the edit, he had to zoom in on scenes uh, so that it was less distracting. He's like, I didn't realize we we shot that much with with her topless, and it just uh, it uh, it didn't come across in the right way. And I heard a small interview clip between them and uh, and Courtney, who played Zoe, was like, "So you mean to tell me I was sucking in my gut that entire time for nothing?" <laughs> it's pretty funny, but this also gives us an intro to the hunter Smith, who we mentioned earlier, played by Rex Lynn, and. I think where the movie can be annoying in its acting or its story presentation, some of the writing is pretty fucking funny. Okay. Uh, like the back and forth between Mary and, uh, and Smith with a Y. Uh, we're staying at my cousin's cabin over there and points to it. And he's like, the McKellers? And she goes, yeah, you know him? And there's a pause. He just goes, no. <laughs> How'd you know their name? Yeah. It's it's shit like that. He he has some of the best lines in this movie. Oh, he sure does. And he's not really a fleshed out character. Um, I I have my next note just says what what are your thoughts on Smith? And I know you hate that question, so I'll ask you this instead. <laughs> you do it so often, though. What are your thoughts on Smith? Oh, <laughs> oh I thought you were going to change it up. All right. On me for falling for it. <laughs> uh, I like Smith. Yeah, I like him. I, I I do like how they try to keep him um, as the most mysterious character. Mm -hmm. uh, he just kind of disappears and appears out of different places. He has a very nonchalant attitude. I very much enjoyed this character. 
Yeah. He's so deadpan, mm-hmm. which I love. Everything to him is serious, but not too serious. And nothing is ever funny, even though he's probably one of the funniest parts of the film. A very, very much the Leslie Nielsen naked gun scenario. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to night and uh, a time to play Would You Rather. And these are some of the most fucked up questions I've ever heard in a game. And I don't think we really need to get into them, but it's just ridiculous and comes out of nowhere. It's stupid. Yeah. And honestly, at first glance, it seems completely unnecessary, like an unnecessary bonding scene. We know they're all friends. We get it. I thought it was just a, a terrible at- attempt at a joke that landed flat on its face. Yeah. In retrospect, it does build a bit of a storyline, though, because Zoe dare or she dares marry and Jen to make out like last time. So it's easily forgettable on the first viewing, but adds a surprising amount of emotional weight to the story later on, if you remember it, because that establishes a weird connection between the two that isn't fully addressed until later on. So we get a knock on the door. The girls are spooked, but it turns out to be the boys. And these guys, man, are just... We get Buck, who's Zoe's boyfriend, Sam, who's Jen's ex-boyfriend, recent ex, and Tommy, who's Mary's boyfriend. Um, For the most part, they all suck, right? Uh, I don't think Tommy sucks that much. No, Tommy... Tommy... Kind of. I, I If I had to pick a favorite of the three, it would definitely be Tommy. I'd say if I had to pick a favorite of the six, it's Tommy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, we can agree that Buck is bargain bin Matthew Lillard, right? Um, he wishes on a good day. <laughs> He's a very frustrating character. I find him way too overwhelming, and they really needed to either tone him down or rewrite the character because it takes a lot out of the movie for me. At the same time, he um, matches his girlfriend in the movie pretty well, so there you go. Oh, I disagree completely. A couple made an annoying heaven. So now we have six leads that really none of us care about too much. So at this point, I'm thinking this movie better stay funny or get funnier or else this is a, a bad scene. And then we get Zoe and Buck immediately having loud sex. And it definitely played for comedy. But is it a funny scene? No, not no, even a little bit. Not even close. Not even close. I mean, some of the lines, maybe, but the way Buck delivers them are just bad. Like, screaming, you are way too hot for me during sex is, I think, fucking hilarious. But when it's Buck saying it, I I want none of this. I actually looked away and he said that, uh, like, sighing. It's just such a bad delivery. (laughs) And her response is, yes, I am. Yeah, <laughs> and see now, I think that's funny, and I think that was really well delivered. But enough of that. Jen confronts Sam with a picture of him making out with a girl whose face is hidden from the camera. And I thought I saw this earlier on, and now I know for sure this is a 3GS. This is an iPhone 3GS. This movie is eight years old. I feel like we went way past this. When did the iPhone come out? I don't know. <laughs> You're supposed to know this shit. You're the tech guy. No, I'm not. Okay, let's just say that the phones feel very outdated for this, and I find it very strange because everybody has cell phones. Sure. All right. 
awkward makeout before I needed the groin. Yes. C- creepy makeout before I needed the groin. The entirety of this scene is just awkward. Yeah. And he, she doesn't want to talk to him. So his idea is I'm just going to force myself on her. Mm-hmm. And then somehow he's like, well, this must be working. You yeah. had to know you were going to get kicked, man. Like, what are you? Th- yeah. St- it's one of those scenes that the, of which there are a few in this movie that just don't make sense. No. But it, we get a follow-up scene here, which is even more awkward, in my opinion. Uh, the uh, the scene between uh, Tommy and Mary in bed. So, post-sex, we get a view of that absolutely atrocious 140 tattoo on Tommy's ribs, which makes no sense. It just looks terrible. And Mary's worried about Jen. So, the point? It's a subplot that doesn't really make sense, because... We know that, well, maybe not at this point, but we know Mary slept with Sam. The audience doesn't know that yet. But looking back, her concern, I believe, to be very hollow. Because every opportunity that she gets to explain herself, she doesn't. So she doesn't seem that worried about Jen. Did you get that at all? No, not really. No? It's weird. It's like... uh, a, a weird fake sincerity. It, it just—it was way too muddled for me. Anyway, next up, uh, Jen's shower scene, where we get the reveal of the very first zombie beaver. Is that what it is? <laughs> is is it a good reveal? No. I say yes. Oh, you're entitled to that opinion. Why don't you like it? Um, because the beaver looks terrible. My next note says, "I love the design." <laughs> Seriously, man, it reminds me of the Deadites from the Evil Dead series. And I'm stoked they went uh, full animatronics and puppets instead of going CG, because I think that could have just ruined the movie. Really, you didn't like that design? No. It's so campy and fun. There's it, it no is, way you're going to make it realistic. There's no way. It's definitely campy, that's for sure. Yeah. So the gang approaches the bathroom, and now we're fully into this zombie beaver movie. And my next note just says, why is Sam holding the baseball bat like that? Yeah, I don't think he's ever held a baseball bat in his life. It's a no. good thing Tommy grabs it from him and shows him how it's done. Yeah. Idiot. The beaver bites Buck's ankle and Tommy just lays into it. And they just put it in a garbage bag and throw it on the front porch. Why is the beaver hiding? <laughs> I don't know. I want to know how it got in the bathroom. How Fair. It, fine. How it, it got, got into the bathtub how Jen was able to lean into the tub, turn the shower head on, then come out, then pull the shower curtain back, and then there's the beaver there. Freaks out. She runs away. They go back. It's hiding in the cabinet under the sink for a jump-out scare. I Yeah, why is it hiding? <laughs> it got out of the tub after it chased her and was like, oh, they're going to come back. I better hide. <laughs> so Why? I, I, I believe I have an answer to that. <laughs> and did he crawl in and then close the door behind him? Yes. It <laughs> like, had to. It, it had, had to, to, but it, it doesn't make any sense. The thing is, it's also too big to fit under there. Now, why <laughs> Why I think it's, <laughs> why I think it's in that cabinet is because whenever you see the beavers moving that ferociously, like that actively, it's a puppet. So, it's someone's arm. 
I'm assuming there was just a cutout so they could put their arm out through the cabinet because it's fully animatronic when it's on the, the, the middle of the bathroom floor. And then there it's not really moving that much because it just can't, it wouldn't look right. Not like it looks right anyway, but you know what I mean? You can get a lot more action out of the puppet than the animatronic. So yeah, it's a, a really clunky, funny scene that makes no sense, but is enjoyable. You know, it's not enjoyable. Uh, the, mean, so, the, so the, the next things. fucking scene. Alrighty. It's where everyone just regroups and no one seems overly concerned about what just happened. No. In fact, multiple of them are just trying to brush it off. It's, oh, it's just, just a raccoon. It's just, uh, these things happen. It's, yeah. Uh, mm, I mean, I've never seen a raccoon or raccoon. I don't know why I just said raccoon like four times. Beaver up close. Maybe they're pretty vicious, but I would definitely think that that seems out of the ordinary, even myself. Yeah, they they tend to avoid confrontation. They are uh, some very stupid college kids. Uh, we do get more hints at Jen and Mary. And then uh, the next day we get Smith setting traps, uh, bear traps, and we get a monstrous growl coming from the forest. And I do have to say, I, I really like this foreshadowing. Unfortunately... It doesn't really lead to a payoff. No, not much does. Yeah, very good point. And the one thing that we have that continues throughout this movie is a storyline that I really don't care about. I find it incredibly uninterested. Do you do you like that storyline? That story just seems too... This is so weird to say about this genre, but it just seems too deep. You don't need to try and build all this <laughs> intrigue and these complex yes. relationships the whole cheating thing is so unnecessary it's a zombie beaver movie you don't need all that <laughs> i'm so happy you brought that up i'm glad you think that i agree with you completely it's a very heavy storyline to put into a movie about zombie puppet beavers leave it out we don't need it you put in a much weaker storyline and it would be completely forgivable you don't need any of this cheating stuff whatsoever all you need is enough of a reason to get these people to the cottage there yeah. doesn't need to be like uh the main character or what we seem i don't know their names blonde girl jen she can have broken up with her boyfriend all right we're going to the cottage to feel better and instead of her ex-boyfriend, it could have been a third guy that they brought to try and hook her up with to cheer her up. Boom. Everybody's at the cottage. You don't need to do all of this ridiculous stuff that really doesn't ultimately have any bearing on it. I see where you're going with that, but isn't that what happened in... Uh... Did that happen in Nightmare on Elm Street? It happened in a movie I saw recently. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Who cares? I just, I'm sure it happens in a lot of these movies. I know, but that's what I'm saying is it does happen a lot. And I'm saying I saw it recently, but that is something I hate where it's like, let's just throw this one person into a story that does not belong there, does not fit. And we'll just off him later when everybody else seems to like fit in a specific piece in the puzzle. And then you just have this one like square. You're like, I don't know. It's, it's just there. If I cram it in somewhere. All right, well, then just have five of them. Really? Yeah. You, you didn't need to have all six, theoretically. It doesn't matter. No. So the kids go swimming the next day. And now we see uh, an empty, bloody garbage bag on the porch. 
again, they just brush off. Oh, another animal was hungry and glad we put it out there. And again, with the stupid college kids, look, it must have been another tra- animal. Look at those tracks. Like that, Those tracks are coming out of the bag and look like beaver feet. Clearly the direction of coming out of the bag <laughs> and look like beaver feet. But no, these stupid college kids. <sighs> and af- after being attacked by a whacked out beaver, I'm not going swimming in a lake with a beaver dam. I, well, fuck, it's me. I'm not going in any lake. Who are we kidding? But I would not go in a lake with a beaver dam after that happens the night before. I, I get you. I get the sentiment. I don't want to go swimming in a lake myself. But absolutely, it's it's just us asking for trouble. And then we get the reveal to the audience that Mary and Sam slept together. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I was more preoccupied in regards to the whole cheating storyline of how they just nonchalantly brush it off and let's go swimming and let's just ignore the fact that our friend who was cheated on is subject to being here with this guy, even though she said, oh, it's okay that they stay. Like, it's... Yeah, she's having a bad fucking time and these are terrible friends. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Well, we get the beavers attacking. Finally. Multiple. Buck loses a foot. Um, I did like that. I did like that too, yeah. Also, uh, Jen is the first one to say there's something in the water because it swam past her foot. But then continues to stand in the water. Right? I thought the exact (laughs) same thing. She's yelling at them. And you see Buck gets pulled down before his foot is taken off. And she's like, get out of the water! Get out of the water! And the camera goes back to her and she's still standing in the water! Um... When uh, all the kids get onto the raft, and uh, kids in 2024 or something, um, and Tommy's saying that they need something to tie off Buck's leg, Zoe offers her bikini top, and immediately Tommy's like, no, no, too small. It's a ridiculous line. But one thing I love about this character, or not the character, these characters, is they do take realistic jabs at each other like real friends would. It happens throughout the movie. I haven't mentioned some of the other ones. I'm, I might later on as we go through. But there is an element of realism to the characters were presented in this over-the-top zany horror comedy. And I do appreciate that. But back to the movie. Uh, absolute chaos. So the swimmers get to the raft, as we said. Jen runs to the cabin and tries to call for help. But the beaver has chewed through the phone lines. Come on. I loved it. I knew you would hate that. I knew you would hate it. Um, beavers are starting to break through the bottom of the raft. Uh, so Sam well, comes yeah, up. It's with, made of wood. Yeah. <laughs> Which they reference later too. Trying to board up the house. Did you catch that? Yeah, I did. Okay, good. Um, perfect distraction. Something Sam comes up with. Throw the dog in the water in the opposite direction and swim to land. Poor dog. Poor Bosley. They devour him. Oh, so quickly. Although I will say, as much as I don't like the dog getting sacrificed, sacrificed, though I do somewhat understand the sentiment, him or us, I still don't think that's necessarily great. But the shot of the dog swimming away and then just seeing the shadows of the beavers underwater, because it's a very clever way to avoid showing these 
you know, designs that are not great. Janky beavers. But done in a way that makes it actually look pretty creepy. Except for the CG death of the dog. That looked terrible. Yeah. Okay, but I'm just talking about them yeah. swimming after him. Yeah, it, it, it is well done up until that point. Uh, did you watch the bloopers at the end? I did not. Okay. <laughs> when they were filming it, the dog just kept playing with the beavers, like swimming up to them and like climbing over them and falling into the water. And like the entire crew are laughing their asses off and like, how, how are we going to get him to be afraid? So I think that's why they did that. They removed the beavers from the scene because anytime the dog saw it, he just wanted to play. Well, cute dog wants to play. So the kitchen Island scene back in the cabin, I, my note here says looks amazing. So I know you're going to disagree. Sure. Yeah. You do? No, it, it, I agree 100%, like I always do. It, it looks amazing. <laughs> uh, we see that Jen's been scratched. Um, but the beaver that is now almost in two pieces, the gore looks so good. I think it looks absolutely amazing. Like it's dragging its front half, which is just pulling its back half, which is only attached by like sinew and veins. It's so good. Um, but Jen drives a knife in its back, which pins it to the countertop great end to that scene so that night the gang tries to regroup again why haven't they not left already i i'm asking the exact same thing i have no idea the second you get out of that water you should be going to the car yes i have no idea why they didn't leave they have no reason to stay at all they're stupid college kids Zoe and Sam argue about what he did to her dog. And in doing so, she reveals that uh, Sam and Mary slept together. Tells Jen right to her face. And this goes right back to what you were saying before. It's way too heavy of a storyline to put in a movie like this. Um, it, it's good storytelling. And it doesn't belong here. It's a traumatic event. Leading one person to cause the deterioration of solidarity within the group. I mean, in a in a serious zombie film, sure. In this, no. I felt the worst for Tommy. Oh, when, yeah. When she reveals it, and she's like, come on, everybody knew. She deserved to know, too. And Tommy's just like, I didn't know. And I'm like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I is... mean, there's only two characters in this movie that you can feel bad for. Three, if you count the dog. And that's Jen and Tommy. I just... Yeah. I. I there's really no argument for anybody else here. Um, yeah. and, and Tommy did deliver this quite well, actually. I'm, I mean, I'm not expecting fantastic performances in a movie like this. Yeah. And I was actually quite forgiving for a lot of these characters because I'm sure the direction was to be so over the top. Oh, definitely. But Tommy's delivery here actually made me feel sad. I'm like, all right, well done, sir. <laughs> it's, it's a quick moment, but you got me. You got me. Yeah, I think, like, I, I really enjoy this movie, but I think a lot of the people in it will look back on it and be like, that was a lot of fun. What a great time. Look at what we made. And the guy that played Tommy would look back at it and be like, yeah, I, I, I was in that. He's the only one I recognize from this movie, so. Oh, really? I didn't recognize him at all. Oh, he uh, is in a show that uh, Liz likes, uh, Animal Kingdom. Oh, yeah, he is. That's right. So I thought uh, he looked familiar, but I thought it was because he looks like uh, Discount uh, Paul Walker. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> a Discount something in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Except for Zoe. I saw Courtney Palm in uh, Sushi Girl before this came out. That was a fantastic film. Hmm, no idea. But he's the only one I recognize. And, you know, he's on that show. I, I never watched it. I, I just saw it when it's good. Yeah. Liz was watching it. But uh, it ran decently. So, I mean, I'd say he's got made a career out of it. Definitely has the chops. Yeah. And he showed it that he's he's got the capability. So, yeah. so the beavers surround the cabin and start slapping their tails on the ground. Uh, sounds awesome, but it also kind of seems like a means of communication. That's exactly what I took it as. This and is how they're communicating with each other, which makes sense because these are very strategic beavers. They know how to hide in cabinets and cut phone lines. It's just brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. Well, it's weird because I looked into it, and it is actually a form of communication. But beavers will slap their tails on water to alert others of danger. And it's subverted here, so when they do it, it's actually a threat. So I kind of dug that. But it also it made me realize that I watched a movie that made me research beavers. And that was... I did not expect. Anyway... Tommy, Zoe, and Buck decide to run to the car to get Buck to a hospital and send help. Uh, it's supposed to be a tense scene. Is the acting in this movie good, <laughs> Sandro? No. Yeah. I think there are individuals who are okay, who are then put into a scene that have nothing to work with. Mm -hmm. And everybody just kind of spirals. But anyway, they, they make it to the car and drive off. And then... I think this will be one of our favorite scenes, the two of us, is the scene at the Gregerson's house. Um, the bickering between these two, Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Gregerson. Creepy old man. Like it's old. so funny. Because she says, uh, she's here, like, she go check on the, the next door, like, heard a loud banging and screaming. And, and Mr. Gregerson's like, oh, it's just those kids scissoring each other to Lady Gaga. I'm like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. No. And then he and gets even creepier when he's like, well, if you send me to go check on them, I might not come back. It's, uh, yeah. It's pretty presumptuous that you think the college girls would invite you to join their party, but okay. Oh, he's just a joking old man. Yeah. But, but when Mrs. Mrs. Gregerson goes, I heard tires screeching. Immediately, I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Not not on a dirt road with a hybrid. You did not hear any tires screeching. Uh, and honestly, like I thought it was really funny, but it did take me out of the movie for a sec because I find her acting the most convincing. Uh, I also do like the uh, the swap of the dog and the beaver by Mister Gregerson's lap by his chair. Oh, fantastic, because Predic predictable. Yes. As soon as they kind of do the camera panning to show the dog yeah. and him petting him without actually looking, you're like, okay, at some point, I don't know how soon, but at some point that's going to happen <laughs> with a beaver. Yeah. And they do it. They do it well. Um, we are more than halfway into this very short film. And only now do we see them use trees in their attacks. Mm -hmm. I find that very strange. But they had to, right? They just had to. It's a smart use to block off a road. Like I said, strategists. All yeah. of them. They, they are very smart creatures, though. Because you watch zombie movies, and they usually do things like barricade 
wall roads and communicate e- with each other by means of communication they used to have when they were alive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. We'll we'll go with with your research air quotes on zombies. You will be the resident zombie expert and I will be the go-to guy for beaver knowledge. Okay, sounds good. All right, we should make a movie that combines the two. Uh, I think that movie already exists. <laughs> Zombiever University. Oh, I'll um, definitely cover the educational portion of it. So. Yes. Uh, so they find Smith's truck, which Tommy says has an axe and guns in it. So he gives Zoe the axe, but we see no guns. He doesn't even take one. So, okay. The beavers take out Tommy with another tree. Uh, but the other two are <laughs> rescued by Smith. I just like it when uh, Zoe goes to look for Tommy and you just see him under a tree. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she could have still helped him. Yeah. <laughs> He's still alive, clearly. It's only a tree. Yeah. Like, the two of you may be able to, like, drag him out. It'd be even funnier if there was just, like, a branch. branch. Yeah, it's like, oh, I can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done for. Leave me. Um, back at the cabin, we get a diehard reference, which irritated the shit out of me. But I, I, it, I get it. It's a nice reference, but giving it to Sam ruins it when he's like, "Come out the lake, have a few laughs." Like that's fine if Tommy said it, but I hate Sam. Oh, Sam sucks. I'm glad you said that because do you know who Sam reminds me of? <sighs> Bargain bin someone else. Let's, let's no, see. No. Okay. A character we've covered in another movie that we've always said blank sucks. Dave? No, this is the return of Chad. Chad. Oh, okay. Do you not see Chad in this? Do you know who Chad is? Chad was a lot more menacing. I was gonna say boisterous. Yeah. Um. There was a there was like there was an That's egotistical sh- moment where Sam's like, later we can talk about why you both find me so attractive. But like, it's just the scene. Whereas Chad was constantly full of himself. Okay. So would you consider Sam a sad Chad? A sad Chad? Yeah. Yeah, he could be a sad Chad. He's sad Chad. Okay. Yeah. So. Zoe, Buck, and Smith are in his truck, and we get a classic staple of zombie movies, which actually got a legit laugh out of me. And it's the radio broadcast warning people to stay inside. But it's a swerve because it's for a Toyota car ad. Yes. Stay (laughs) inside unless you want a great deal on a car. (laughs) If you actually analyze that outside of the context of the movie, that's the worst ad you could ever hear. No, it's like, yeah. Uh, we're warning people to stay inside unless you're looking for sweet deals. I loved it. I thought it was very well done. But uh, now we're in a full-on assault at the cabin. Uh, but the beavers fall back when the truck arrives. And one of the most frustrating parts of this movie happens right here. Okay. Mary has one line. It's Zoe. My reaction? How the fuck do you know that? It's the hunter's truck. It's dark outside. There are no lights on in the truck. We're shown your POV. You can't see anybody in that truck. Why would you believe it's Zoe? Why wouldn't you say 
it's Tommy. Like, how do you know it's Zoe? It makes no sense. But anyway, the Beavers attack again, forcing Zoe, Buck, and Smith to retreat to the Gregersons. Um, and here we get another story element or plot device, sorry, story device that I, I really enjoy. And that's having a group split into two different locations, but both in view of each other. Because then you have a lack of communication, but you still witness to what's happening to the other half of your group. Um, I think it was best used in Dawn of the Dead 2006, where you have the survivors on the roof of the mall, and then you have Andy on the roof of his gun store across the parking lot. I, I thought it, the exact same thing. Oh, you did? Yeah. Nice. What uh, what they, did you off for that? Uh just that concept. I mean, and then they send the the walkie-talkie to them so they can communicate. And I mean, obviously, it's done so much better in that movie, but they oh, yeah. hear him get attacked and he doesn't have the exact knowledge of it. So he's like, oh, yeah, one bit me, but I'm okay. And they all know that he's done for. Yeah. But, and have no way of relaying that info to him. Yeah. But well, they this, do, but they're not going to. But this is just the same idea, not done as well yeah but still enjoyable um back at the cabin we get an awkward scene between mary jen and sam and and that's basically what you had mentioned before um all this all this did for me was to make me dislike mary and sam even more because again mary's presented the opportunity to explain herself or apologize to jen or say look this is how it is just give her like an outcome because Jen is in limbo, not sure how to feel about anything. And Mary just be like, look, it's me and Sam now. Sorry, this is how it is. Or fucking apologize to your friend for what happened. But she hesitates so long that we need something else to happen to get us out of the scene. It's so fucking awkward and unenjoyable. Yeah. At no point do they take accountability. Oh, we were drunk. All right. Yeah. So... If you're going to handle this so flippantly, why is it in the movie? Exactly. Exactly. And they just read up that beavers are excellent at building tunnels. And Mary decides right after that she's going to go lie down. How is that a good idea? Let's separate. That is yeah. always the best idea. Even more. Uh, <laughs> back at the Gregersons, uh, we have Smith discovering Mrs. Gregerson's corpse on the bed upstairs. Mm-hmm. One word, one of the funniest lines in the movie. He's just like, okay. And just closes the door. Backs up and closes yeah. the door. Love it. Do you, like, I, I'm not asking for your favorite line of the film. Do you have a favorite Smith line, though? Yes. Is it your most memorable line in the film? <laughs> yes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so Zoe's trying to keep Buck's foot on ice. And uh, apparently, don't do that, because keeping it directly on ice kills the tissue. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was kind of fun. Um, but this brings me to another point. Uh, I th also think you'll agree with me on this one. Is the movie starting to drag? Yes. Which is surprising, considering how short the runtime is. It's 85 minutes, and it feels like the last little while has been filler. That's a that's a bad bad scene. Yep. Um, what is a I good scene though is that conversation about the foot. How the yes. entire time Smith is just eating chicken. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jen walks into Mary's room, climbs on the bed, and immediately Mary realizes that Jen was into her, not Sam. Okay. Does she? It I, seems like Mary's just misunderstanding what is happening right now. But she seems 100% convinced by her own thought that Jen's been into her all along. And it's not what she, what Mary did with Sam. It's that Mary was with someone else and Jen liked Mary. Like, well, that's pretty egotistical. Yeah, Mary is the female version of Sam, who is an egotistical character that sucks. Yeah. Fucking Mary and Sad Chad. Um, Jen immediately turns to a zombie and attacks. Now, I will agree with you, the effects are starting to look terrible. This is horrible. <laughs> I want to like it, but it looks terrible. You, you can't like this. This is terrible. Just yeah. Awful. And to make this scene even worse, Sam rescues Mary. So, in my opinion, the two most detestable characters in the movie were supposed to cheer for them escaping. Nope. Yeah, me neither. I ain't doing it. No, me neither. I, I was annoyed. I don't, I don't care what you want, movie. I ain't doing it. <laughs> but then the movie gives us a double swerve over at the Gregersons. Smith is about to cauterize Buck's ankle, but the bear growls again and draws Smith and Zoe to the window, and this somehow allows Buck to turn into a zombie instantaneously and bite Smith. This is a problem I have with this movie, and I've had with a number of zombie movies in the past. I bet I can guess what it is, but go for it. The incubation period for yeah. turning into a zombie is so inconsistent. Yeah, it's terrible. It, it makes no sense. The face rip was pretty cool, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it makes sense in regards to giving you these action sequences, but some people turn instantly, some people turn... Like, how long ago did Buck get bit? It well, doesn't his, make sense. His foot was ripped off probably late morning. Uh, definitely before Jen. Yeah, but Jen, what? She got... Scratched. Scratched, what, in the kitchen scene? Yeah. Which was only minutes later, if you think about it. But yeah, other but... people's transformation... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Um, did you notice the, the dummy being used for Smith when Buck had him up over his head? Um, not particularly. Oh, it was bad. The legs and arms flailing as if there's no bone structure whatsoever. Um, but I mean, fucking finally something happened in that house. Yes. Because there was really nothing for the entire time. Uh, Zoe escapes Mrs. Gregerson, because now we have action season here. But she does so by diving through a second story window. And taking a massive faceplant on the ground. Nailed uh, it. Sure did. But uh, I don't think she's getting up from that too quickly. No. No. Like that's serious head trauma. But we go back to the cabin. The beers have begun busting through the floor. Turning the living room into a giant whack-a-mole game. Which is very dumb. But looks fun. And honestly I think looks pretty good. But the camera angle they use make that living room looked like an actual film set and not a living room. It looks massive. Absolutely massive. Did that jump out to you? It's too zoomed out. Yeah. Um, another thing to enjoy, I think you would, you would like this too. I think you did like this, 
is the use of the glowing eyes from the tree line outside. That shot I did enjoy. It's super easy, cost-effective way to create uh, tension or uh, presenting a threat uh, very effectively. And it was used in Attack the Block, which is a movie I don't think you have seen. Don't even know uh, what it is. Yeah, it's a, a British movie. Basically, it's kids versus aliens, but from a few years ago. Um, the aliens are like, they're massive, hairy beasts, but the fur is so dark that you can't make out any distinguishable features other than their teeth glow blue, like the beaver's eyes in this movie. It's a really neat technique that's very effective, and I like it. But cool. Bike check in the bathroom. I hate everything about this scene. I don't even want to talk about it. That's how much I hate this scene. What do you hate most about it? It could be bias. Maybe if it wasn't the two most detestable characters in the movie, I would care a little bit more. Yeah. Like, this might be the worst decision the movie has made, is to put... Now, we think Zoe might be done. We don't know. Uh, like, mm -hmm. she's not. But at this point, we only have reason to believe that these are the only two remaining. Yeah, and nobody wants that. And I don't care about these two in the slightest. So, like, they start checking each other. They want to start having sex. I don't care even remotely. Do you think it was necessary to hint that Mary was scratched? Because she's adamant that that Sam gets naked and so she can tell that there's no bites. And then Sam, of course, takes the same stance and she starts to strip down. She's in her underwear and he's like, what's this? And finds like a mark of some sort on her rib cage. So she immediately starts making out with him. You're like, when did that happen? I didn't even see a mark. Yeah. I, I thought he was just saying, uh, oh, what's this? In an attempt to touch her. No, that's what I thought originally, but I went and looked and like there is a darker mark there. So maybe oh. it wasn't a scratch. It could have been something else. But if that wasn't a scratch, why draw uh, any um, attention to it? And we know that she is scratched at some point because she later does turn in the movie. So when the fuck did that happen? No idea. So it leads me to believe that must have been an actual scratch, but the clothes she was wearing were not scratched. So I guess she changed after the attack from Jen? I don't... The movie's expecting us to believe something, take it for fact, without giving us any reason to, <laughs> to back that belief up. It's weird. Anyway. A beaver bites an electrical outlet, bursting into flames and setting the cabin on fire. <laughs> Took one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> it looks... Awesome. <laughs> it's it's like, so funny. <laughs> took one for the team. I might be on fire, but I helped you guys. Uh, it's great, though, because the immediate reaction the beaver has to being set aflame is panic and then just running around the living room, constantly headbutting things to set them on fire. Um, beavers, including Jen, burst through the bathroom floor and Jen bites Sam's dick off. I mean... You knew that was going to happen in this movie once she turned. Mary runs to the living room and we get another of my biggest complaints in movies. I think you know what this is. No, I don't. Zoe drives Smith's truck through the wall of the house to rescue Mary. It's a good thing she knew that they weren't standing on the other side of that wall. That's right. There is no way of knowing who would be on the other side of the wall. Any of the survivors could have been up against the wall trying to stay away from the fire and she would have killed everybody. 
Also, if you're driving a truck into a burning building, you better fucking hope you don't get stuck because now it's a bomb. Anyway, they escape and encounter Zombie Smith, who knows how to use a gun. We have no reason to believe any of the zombies knew how to use things before except smash through things. Uh, what are you talking about? Look at how intelligent the zombie beavers have been up until now. <laughs> they are coordinated. They just know how to use tools. Mm-hmm. And we finally get the reveal of the zombie bear. But that's it. That sucks. But I guess they probably couldn't really afford to have a bear on screen that much. Why even have it? Like, yes, I agree. Why have it? I, I appreciate it, but it feels like a tease. Uh, so they continue their escape. And have to continue on foot because of downed trees. I'm just skipping where all of the zombies approach the truck and they just drive away because you don't need that. Uh, Mary pulls a gun on Zoe, claiming she knows Zoe was bitten. When? Just because she has blood on her? Yeah. Pretty sure everybody's got blood on them at this point. Yeah. And Zoe tries to tell her, like, no, I fell out of a building and got cut. (laughs) And then, of course, we get zombie Mary. So, questions. How does Mary not know she was infected? Because if she did know, why pull a gun on Zoe? I don't know, dude. Yeah. Okay, it's it's a movie that we shouldn't close read. Because, honestly, it doesn't even matter because Zoe just buries an axe in Mary's head. Yep. So, Zoe, now the final girl, Walks down the country road and sees an approaching truck, tries to flag it down. Unfortunately, this truck is driven by Bill Burr, who's still on his phone. (laughs) John Mayer tries to warn him if he sees that girl. Bill Burr says, yeah, I see her. And John's like, I totally believe you. And then they just slam right into her. Yep. (laughs) End of movie. Although you're talking about phones, like, oh, oh this yeah. old iPhone, it's like Bill Burr's on a flip phone. Yeah, he is. Um, Yeah, it says, I just have end of movie, but we get some really fun bloopers uh, that are pretty entertaining. Uh, roll credits right into a post-credit scene. Did you check that out? No, I didn't. Well, I think I did when we watched it originally yeah. some years ago, but I don't remember it now, and I didn't watch it now. A bee gets infected by a beaver corpse and flies back to its hive cut to black zombies exactly that was the idea for the sequel hmm. so there you have it zombievers um <laughs> it's a lot man it's it's a lot that happens in 85 minutes that still seems to drag at times yeah but, I'm not you know, sure why you wanted us to review this one. This is not a movie for the magnifying glass at all. I thought it would just be fun to talk about, especially where like some of the writers worked on Tales from the Crypt stuff. I do get that campy vibe that you would find in Tales from the Crypt or Creep Show or stuff like that. Um, but let's talk numbers. Okie dokie. Uh, right off the bat, I don't know how much this movie was made for. Oh, all right. So like, no I point in guessing. It. Do you want to guess how much it made? Oh, uh, no, I, I really don't. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Did it? it did it what? Did it even get like a theatrical release? I believe a limited one because it did. Um, it did Tribeca Film Festival. And then oddly enough, it hit DVD on Boxing Day in 2014. 
but then was released in the States March 20th of 2015. So its take would have happened sporadically over a year and a half. I wouldn't even know where to begin, man. For, for For, 44,000. That's actually quite a bit higher than I would have anticipated. Oh, really? Not necessarily based on the quality of the movie, which we will discuss later, but also because I, I just didn't think it was that widely known type thing. Like it, I know I didn't, I, not to say I'm the best measure, but I, when you told me about the movie, I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah, well, like I have right here, box office. It was released in Austria, November 7th, where it grows just over 29,000. The States... March 20th, 2015, and ended the weekend at 63rd place, making $8,163 from 11 screens. This is from Wikipedia. And uh, as of April 5th, 2015, the total gross, the total US gross is $14,947 for a total worldwide gross of $44,080. Not well, good for them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, now we'll get into the. Uh, the scores that uh, going into this, I'm like this. This is going to be all over the place. What uh, What do you think you got on IMDb? This is so hard to predict because, like you said, it feels like it would be all over the place. Um, I'm going to cop out and go with an even fifty. And you'd be very close, four point okay. eight. All right. <laughs> now is it fifty across the board? Yeah, I. I, I I really don't know where to guess okay. this. So we got I, I'm going to say I feel like the critics would not like it a huge amount, and I feel like that maybe fans would like it in the cult classic sense. So mm-hmm. I'll say I'll split the difference. I'll say 40-60 critics fans. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to start with the audience score. Okay. 32. Okay, I went in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> the The critics... 71. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of critics thought this was a blast. Okay. Uh and I yeah, I, it, it's fun. It is a fun movie. Yeah, but critics don't usually do that. <laughs> yeah. I know. Normally they're there to just shit on things for the sake of shitting on them, make themselves making themselves sound smarter than they are. Well, I just find that they're more caught up in things like the technical. So bad effects. Oh, we're getting via lower score. Not necessarily was the movie fun. Was it good? Oh no! If you if you look at the critics' reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, these assholes don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. So (laughs) it's fine. All right, Uh, award time. Yeah, award time. So, who did you have for your least favorite character? Buck. Okay. Played by Peter Gilroy. I get the character trope. And, like, you definitely need someone like him in the movie. But he played it way too over the top for me to find enjoyable. And I'm not saying it was the actor's poor acting. He acted it well, but it feels like the direction was ham it up, keep hamming it up, try and make it as big and ridiculous as possible. And it was too much for me. So, no, not shitting on the actor just the the character was too boisterous no the actor seemed to be fine but i'm I'm with you in that it just seemed too much like they're trying to go with like the shelly type character but just yeah good hammed up to a million degrees and just it didn't work what about you zoe 
Okay. Yeah, I kind of figured. Honestly, I think that what I said earlier fits. They go together very well. They're both very obnoxious over the top. And her, even just like the way that they tried to make her so sex obsessed was just like, it's like too over the top. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. Favorite character? Uh, I actually went with uh, uh, Smith. Yeah, I could see that. Fun character. I mean, uh, was he in the movie as much as he could have been? Obviously not. But he was at the core of a lot of my favorite parts of the movie. So I definitely have to give him kudos for that. Yeah. I think a lot of the success of the Smith character comes from the reaction of others from what he does. Okay, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, which is fine. That works very well. But um, I also but, think that Rex Lynn did a phenomenal job with the more uh, a deadpan delivery of the Smith character, too. That's oh, he is probably the best actor in the film. I will definitely give you that. All right, well, who's yours? Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Courtney Palm was great in this. And mainly because I feel like her character had an enjoyable arc. She went from went from the really annoying friend to a supportive friend to a strong final girl. And at the from the beginning to the end of the movie, she is the only person that changes. Everybody else stayed the exact same. So I really enjoyed seeing that growth because I found her super annoying at the beginning, very irritating and then pretty much charming by this film standards uh, towards the end of it. And that's done through both acting and writing. So I'd have to say you combine the two. It gives me a favorite character, Zoe played by Courtney Paul. Okay. I know you disagree. Yes, because I picked her for the opposite award. So clearly, you know that I disagree. Yeah, (laughs) but it's okay. This is our first time ever disagreeing. So it makes sense. Yeah. It'll never happen again either. In the show's history, it's the first time we disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that. How am I supposed to comment on that one? (laughs) You're not. Uh, What was your favorite uh, or most memorable line? I'm not going to repeat the line because we've already covered it in uh, in the episode. It was a long one. It was a 17-second clip from uh, Mrs. Gregerson. Uh, That improv line. Is one of the funniest things I've heard in a very long time. Okay. You? You covered it in the episode quite extensively, and it's when Smith opens the door, <laughs> sees her on the bed, and just goes, okay, and slowly backs out of the room. <laughs> the way he said it just it made me so happy. I don't know why. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough to nail that much humor in a single line you have to be able to do the action with it and he nailed both of them Mm -hmm. Uh, memorable scene I think we both had the same one here it's the initial scene with Bill Burr and John Mayer yeah mine too they're like we're going on about how we'd love to see these two have their own movie obviously it was enjoyable (laughs) yeah and you agree then yeah I mean it's magic with these two in the in these two roles, uh, to uh, bookend this movie with that charisma, 
and that chemistry is a very smart move. These two, I wouldn't say necessarily make the movie, but they start the movie on a high note and they end the movie on the same high note. So it was a very smart move from the writer-director. Uh, good job. Yeah, uh, opening scene, absolutely hilarious. And whenever I think of Zombievers, they're, they're not on the cover, they're not referenced whatsoever, but they are the memorable scene. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're 100% correct on that. Yeah. Okay, so what are your final thoughts on Zombievers? Um, all in all, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm happy to own it. I I watched or listened to the commentary track, with, which stops two-thirds of the way into the movie. I'm like, wait, there's still more movie to talk about. <laughs> they just gave up. Forget yeah. it. We're out of here. There's one scene he's like, that concludes the commentary section of Zombievers. I hope you all enjoyed it. I'm like, there, we still have like... 20 minutes left. <laughs> but uh, it, it's fun. Like even, I'd even recommend picking up the DVD for like behind the scenes stuff, commentary, like I said, uh, cool interviews, like Stephen Merchant interviewing Bill Burr and John Mayer about their roles is great. You see audition reels and stuff like that. But the movie itself, um, it, it's a bit of a mess, but it's a really enjoyable mess. Uh, they try and cram too much serious seriousness into it like the the cheating storyline which really it doesn't belong like it, it's it's told well but it doesn't match the movie that it's being told within um the characters for the most part are fine it, generic for the most part but like you've got smith you've got zoe you've got buck tommy mary jen sam there's something you you will find a character in there that you will enjoy watching uh but then you'll also probably figure out that you hate the others um, the special effects for what they are, I think they're really entertaining. It's it's a fucking zombie beaver movie, man. Like you can't go into it expecting high art. Um, it's just fun. It's entertaining. Definitely a recommend for me. But um, one like we've covered numerous times on the show. One I would recommend watching with a few friends. Yeah, I remember enjoying this movie when I watched it with you and the guys. I hated reviewing it because this is not a movie that I would say needs repeat viewings or solo viewings with a critical eye. If, yeah, if you yeah. do that, you are doing this movie entirely wrong. So <laughs> based on my memory of, of watching the movie with you guys kind of you know, ripping jokes about it and things like that. It's an absolute blast and 100% a recommendation for a movie that you just want to throw on by yourself to watch. It absolutely should never happen. That, Ouch. It, I mean, that's fine, but it's at the same time, it goes to the root of what we were saying. This movie knows no. what it is. And no, I think I that, to be fair, the audience should also know that. There's nothing wrong with this movie being fantastic to watch with a group of friends, to have a laugh and just enjoy, but not for any other reason. Like, that's fine. If that's what it is, then great. It does it well. You can't need it. You don't need to have it be everything else. Correct. Um, yeah, it, definitely don't go into this trying to analyze it because you're just going to have a bad time. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun movie to watch with friends and that's, yeah. that's where it ends. Exactly. So anyway, that was our thoughts on Zombievers. If you'd like to share your thoughts with us, as always, we encourage you to hit us up on social media. We are on Twitter at BS Facebook.com slash BS 
bsbargainbin.com, where there is also a nice link to our merchandise. And as usual, the most frequented, the youtube.com slash at bsbargainbin, where there is a comment section you can let us know. Ben. Yes. What are we watching next week, bud? I don't know. Oh, you have decided that you would like to have me pick another movie. Yes, or do what we did last time and give me the years of some movies and we'll pick by year. Perhaps you misunderstood that that's exactly what having me pick a movie is. I exactly <laughs> misunderstood that having you pick a movie is that. Um, so obviously we had four last time. We, we did No Escape. So I'm just going to go with the three remaining. You have um, it's still the one movie that I'd seen before is in the list. Uh, mm -hmm. Two that I had not seen before. We've got 1998, 2000, and 2004. That's a tough one. There's some really good movies that came out in all three of those years. 98. Oh, I never said they were good yeah. movies. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, good by my standards. Um, <laughs> uh, we tend to stay more in the 90s and 80s. So let's do... Let's step out of our comfort zone. 2004. So in uh, 2004, a movie came out starring one Johnny Depp called Secret Window. The only thing that matters is the ending. It's the most important part of the story. And this one is very good. This one is perfect. For Mort Rainey, Every story is a window into another world. But some windows should never be opened. You stole my story. I don't believe I know you. I know you, Mr. Rainey. That's what matters. You stole my story. Kind of an amazing coincidence. The stories being so much alike. Her death will be a mystery. Call it down, he said. The guy calls himself Shooter. Maybe my name, not Shooter. Hello? Remember my story, Secret Window. You and me are the only people that know about that, right? You scared too easy. You're up there all alone. Anything could happen and nobody would know. What do you want from me? My ending. I want you to fix it. I don't think Shooter's just some nut. I'd like to know what I'm dealing with here. You don't want to know. I will burn your life and every person in it like a cane field in a high wind. that matters is the ending. It's the most important part of the story, the ending. Oh, we're going to get so much hate for that. I'm down. <laughs> Until next time, have a good one. All the best.